Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Middle Ground. I'm Caroline. And I'm Joe. And we are so happy that you are back and we are back together. Yeah. <laughs> solo episodes. Yeah. If you missed it, last week I did my solo episode all about my gap year, and Joe did Two hers. Two weeks ago, did mine about uh, my photography story, my business story. Mm-hmm. So And now we're back together, which seems way more natural. Yes, it does. <laughs> but we are still going to do some solo episodes in the future. So if you have more topics, that was fun. And mm-hmm. we want to work more of those in. Um, I wanted to point out our new intro music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed, but our music changed because our friend DJ Story, um, who we met pre-COVID, and we'll tell you a little bit of our story with him, um, put that together for us, and we're obsessed. Yeah, it's so good. He is so talented. So we met him pre-COVID, like Joe said, at the Momentary, which is a beautiful museum, and, and the museum has a little coffee shop, and he's actually a barista there, and we just really kicked it off with him, and he's just he, he's just a good one. You know those people that are just good people? Yeah. Well, Ryan's story is one of those people. <laughs> yeah, we got talking, and then during COVID, now all of us being stuck in our houses, he started listening to the podcast, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he DM'd me and said, hey, do you guys need intro music? And I said, um, if it's by you, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so I guess we're just going to get right into it. Joe, what is your grounding moment from this week? So for me, my grounding moment for this week is I did a complete refresh of one of my online courses because I'm coming out with more online education in the next couple of months. And we now hired a graphic designer, Hannah, who designed our stickers on Mm -hmm. the Middle Ground website if you have not checked those out. And she did an incredible job and I'm just excited about that and having everything match and having all my branding right. I don't know. It's the little things. Like, that's really exciting Mm -hmm. and fun. So I think that is my grounding moment of the week, being able to appreciate just the aesthetics of something Mm -hmm. during a year where I feel like I've been so focused on the bigger things um, has been kind of fun. Yeah. And it's so pretty, guys. You guys need to check it out. Hannah did a great job. She's really talented. Mm -hmm. At Hannah from Louisiana. Yeah. If you need graphic design. She's our homegirl. Yeah, for sure. What about you? So we, uh, me and Joe actually got these nails in the mail and they're from the cloud element and they're stick on. How do you say it? They're press on nails. Press on. And they're so cute guys. I literally sent her a picture from Instagram, like as inspo and she, it is the picture. Like my hand is that picture and it's, I have yin and yang little symbols on them. I got pink flames. (laughs) And they're really cute. I'm going to post a picture of mine because I really like them. So by the time this episode's out, I bet there will be a picture mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. So and I've definitely out. shared it on my story already. So check those out and check her out. She's so talented. We're team small business this week mm-hmm. for our grounding <laughs> moment. So, you know, new music at DJ Ryan Story, mm-hmm. I think. Graphic design at Hannah from Louisiana. And cute press on nails at the cloud element. Yep. Check out all of our small business yeah. humans. Go tell them hi. Go comment. We're really hoping that someday enough of you guys listen that we could like send you to comment on something mm-hmm. and then people would notice so that we can then get that person like as a guest. Oh, so yeah, for sure. Let, let's practice yeah. by supporting small business. <laughs> yeah, let's practice small. Ryan, <laughs> Hannah, and the cloud element, please. Yes. So this week we're going to be talking all things maintaining healthy friendships. This is a topic you guys have requested a lot, and uh, Caroline and I, I feel like, feel pretty passionate 
specifically about this mm-hmm. and really focusing on the friendships that we're giving our time to and our energy to in our lives, being healthy and open communication. So we're going to kind of walk through the six ways that we maintain healthy relationships, the six ways that you can kind of check in on your friendships. And then at the end, we're going to talk about if those six things aren't working, what you can do to evaluate toxic friendships and alleviate that in your life as well. Mm -hmm. So Carolyn, I'm going to let you get started. So our first one we wrote down is setting boundaries. Guys, this is a real big, huge step that you need to take in order to maintain a truly healthy friendship. If you don't have boundaries set in your relationships with your friends, it's going to crumble, I believe. It it just does crumble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even think it will. It does. And Mm -hmm. I know that if you look back in your friendships and your life, whoever's listening to this, you've had that happen where you didn't set boundaries and you become resentful because people are behaving in a way that you don't want them to, but you've never told them you don't like it. Right. You, you know, if you don't set those boundaries early, it's a surefire way to crumble a relationship. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like that's where we really have excelled. Yeah, for sure. So as you guys know by now, I'm the introvert. Joe's the extrovert. Um, we are very different and our needs for our friendship are very different. And so setting those boundaries like, hey, Joe, I need four days off, literally. <laughs> Last week, Caroline was completely checked out. Drained, which you didn't have guys. to tell me you needed time off. Because we've set those mm-hmm. boundaries and I feel like I understand when you're drained. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she was like, no, I'll, I'll come in Friday. And on Thursday, I texted her and I was like, hey, what if you take Friday and Saturday? I was like, thank God. <laughs> she was checked out. And we know that. And we know that we know how to handle that stuff and move forward because we've set those boundaries. But I was going to say not only that, like our love languages are different. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of set those. I don't know if those would be considered boundaries, but even setting expectations as well. Right. Because our love languages are different. And so I'm aware of what Caroline's is. She's aware of what mine is so that we can adequately be expressing what's important. Right. And try to fill each other's cups and not project like what we want on each other. Right. Which is hard. Mm -hmm. It is really hard. But uh, we've been friends and boss relationship partner (laughs) um, for a while now. (laughs) Definitely it takes time. And we've definitely had this groove down of setting those boundaries, telling each other what's up, and really communicating. And if you're in a friendship that you feel like you haven't adequately set those boundaries from the beginning, it's okay to start setting boundaries. And I know it's scary to go in and be like, hey, this, none of that anymore. Right. Like, you can take it slow. It doesn't, you don't need to go in with a contract and say, here's a list of things. (laughs) But friendships are no different than, like, a roommate situation where you're setting boundaries of, hey, Who's taking out the trash on Wednesdays? Mm-hmm. Hey, who's making sure the dishes are done in the sink? You know, are we splitting that? Is that one person's responsibility, et cetera? The thing is, friendships are no different than that. And we need to take that into consideration because we all have different thought patterns. We all are perceiving things differently. And so if you really put it out there how you see it and what you want and your friend does the same, it's a lot harder to mess up. For sure. And that kind of leads us into our next one, which is communication. Communication, guys, is key. And again, along with the setting boundaries, you have to communicate your needs, what you need out of the relationship. 
I need my me time. I need to feel valued in a relationship like most people. Um, But just communicating your needs and your, you know, how you want to lift others up and all of that is so, so important. I completely agree. When it comes to communicating, I feel like that's where I've really struggled in the past because I've had this expectation that my friends, I don't know, I had this perspective, like my friends thought the exact same things I did. I think that's just how I looked at the world for Mm -hmm. a really long time is that, oh, everybody has the same thought processes. Everybody's viewing the world through the same lens because I was like, everybody's equal. Right. (laughs) Was like my, you know, ultimate downfall. But I finally made the realization that, hey, there are different perspectives and that doesn't mean they're wrong and that doesn't mean they're trying to hurt me. Um, it, it's because I'm not communicating how I'm feeling. So right. they don't know how to react. So being that person who communicates, I'm now an over communicator. <laughs> yeah. I am constantly uh-huh. stating how I'm feeling about things. Mm-hmm. Um, Kara, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before because this is just kind of a thing about me. But when we're working on something and we're like on a deadline and things are crazy, I'll be sitting there and all of a sudden I'll go, I am stressed. Yeah, (laughs) I am stressed. And Caroline's like, "Okay, well, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, nothing. I just need everyone in the room to know I am stressed. She does do that. (laughs) And it honestly helps me because sometimes I may be feeling that same emotion. I'm like, oh, good, because I'm definitely an emotion tucker. I don't express communication is also hard for me. So I tuck those emotions, tuck those emotions. But Joe's helped me because when she's like, guys, I'm sad. I'm worried. I'm like, oh, wait, I am too. Yay. (laughs) We can be that together. Well, and I think it's really good because when I'm stressed, maybe I'm short with my answers or maybe I'm, you know, and if I don't tell you I'm stressed, how are you supposed to know that that's not because I'm upset with you or, you know, then you don't have to read into it. You're like, oh, she's stressed. That's why. Right. She's not just projecting and being mean. Um, she's just feeling those emotions that day. Right. So communication, it's key. Mm -hmm. It's important. So that's number two. Our third one that we wrote down is be honest. Mm -hmm. Y'all, please be honest with your friends and everybody for that matter. I think that being honest about how you're feeling, about what you're thinking puts you light years ahead. And for some reason... We, as humans, have this innate need to, like, make everybody feel good, and we tend to tell lies to make somebody feel good or better in the moment. Mm -hmm. But in the end of everything, it's you being dishonest, and so they're going to feel bad regardless. And a lot of times people would just feel better if you're upfront with them. Right. And I'm kind of blunt. Um, I'm also, I'm that emotion tucker, but I really do speak what's on my mind, like, If Joe's like, I love to play golf, I'll be like, I hate it. Um, I'll let people know, like, okay, that's not my vibe, but I'm glad you like playing golf. That was such a random example. Caroline played golf in high school for a season. Tell them about it. (laughs) It was horrendous, guys. If you guys play golf, props to you. Um, I will probably never, ever pick up a golf club for the rest of my life. It was horrid. I had to play golf in high school um, because my well, I switched schools and the athletic credit didn't transfer over, which was swimming. And I was like, guys, I'm a swimmer. They're like, no, you have to swim high school. I was like, no, I swim club. They're like, well, pick a sport. I'm like, okay, what's your shortest season sport? 
and they're like, golf. I was like, sign me up. I had never played golf. It was absolutely horrendous. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. I knew you were working with me whenever you were golfing. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. People probably made... hate it so much in the moment. But what? You didn't hate it as much as like, when I hear you talk about golf now, I'm like, wow, she must have really been that thing you're talking about where you were being not dishonest, but like tucking your emotions and oh, not yeah. saying anything. Because at the time, I'd be like, how was golf this week? And you were like, great. (laughs) But you liked the people you golfed with. Oh, yeah. I I had really good friends on the golf team, but people probably made fun of me behind my back. And that's great. Like, go for it because I deserve that. (laughs) It it was horrendous, guys. Hey, we can't all be good at everything. Yeah. That's a good life lesson. (laughs) Anyway, honesty. The example that I wrote down for honesty was... I think honesty, the way that it's affected our relationship, it's what allows us to travel so well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caroline and I have done lots and lots of traveling together, more than I would say most friends get to. Mm-hmm, and sure. I adore traveling with Caroline because she's going to tell me what she wants to do. And if she tells me that she doesn't care what we do, she means it. Right. And we're very open. And I agree, like Joe is a really, really good travel partner for me. Because we just lay it all out there like, okay, do you want to go to the beach today? Sure. And like, sure isn't, I'm not reading into that. I'm like, great, we are going to the beach. There are no mixed messages. Yeah. It is honesty. Because we've built that trust and that honesty from the ground since we've known each other. And so in doing that, now we're just like, yeah, that's what she means. And we can just have fun and live our lives. <laughs> Which is what I think made that trip to Rome so much fun. Mm-hmm. Whenever I went to go visit Caroline in Italy, we did, what, three days, three or four days in Rome? Yeah. And when we met Gelato Boy. Oh, Gelato Boy. <laughs> Whenever I hear people talk about their trips to Italy, people didn't like Rome as much as other places. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. in Rome. Yeah, it was but a really good time. I think it's because it was us traveling together and we just always make it a good time. Yeah. No matter what. So that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. about that one. That's a good example. So the fourth thing we wrote down is be timely. Um, this is something I kind of struggle with, but I'm definitely trying to work on. I'm the emotion tucker. So be timely in when you feel a certain way, say it, share it with a friend, just be present with them in all your thoughts and emotions so you don't hold on to those grudges and it explode later down the road. Yeah, so when we say be timely, we mean be timely in order to avoid that sense of resentment that I think so many of us build in friendships mm-hmm. because we choose to be honest, but not until it's been too long or it's too late. Or we choose to communicate, but we don't communicate until a month after something's occurred. And it's hard for people to recall details because they haven't been reliving that conversation for three or four Mm -hmm. weeks. And I, uh, I think this is something that I used to really struggle with when I was younger with high school friendships, something would happen and I would just let it fester. Mm -hmm. uh, And I wouldn't say, Hey, that hurt my feelings. And it would be something small. Right. Like somebody would make a comment about, I was a swimmer, my swimsuit and it kind of hurt my feelings and I wouldn't say anything. And I wouldn't say anything. And then six weeks went by. And then I finally would build up the courage to say something to one of my friends. And they're like, what are you talking about? Right. Because they don't even remember it. Mm -hmm. Because to them it was so small and they're not reliving it. And I really probably didn't get better at this until after college when I was in my first job. And I realized if I did that, I ended up building resentment toward my coworkers. 
even though they really weren't doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. I just wasn't being timely about letting them know what was going on with me and what was hurtful for me. And how are they supposed to stop doing something that's hurtful if to them it's not perceived as hurtful? Right. Very few people in my mindset anyway, I don't think, are intentionally being hurtful. Mm-mm. They're not trying to hurt your feelings. They're just trying to navigate their own right. stuff. And so by laying that out there and letting them know when it happens, it makes it easier to resolve. Right. And back to everyone has their own thought processes and all of that. They are their own main character. And so they're just trying to figure it out for themselves. Like me, like, oh, Caroline is now going to do this and I'm now going to do this. Um, I definitely try, obviously, to check in on my friends. But if they don't tell me, then how am I supposed to know? I can't read their mind. Being timely is so important, guys. I agree. All right. So uh, number five for us is follow through, which I think is probably my number one thing that I look for in friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is because follow through is what builds the trust. Mm -hmm. You can communicate all day. You can set boundaries all day. You can be honest all day. You can even be timely all day. But if you don't act on all the things you're communicating and setting boundaries and, you know, doing all of that, it doesn't matter. Mm -mm. So I am always looking for friends that not only say the right things, but are doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And not that they're killing it 100% of the time. None of us are. But looking for friends and seeking out relationships and pouring energy into relationships that they're constantly working on growing with me. Mm -hmm. And also doing what they say they're going to do. I've had a lot of friends in the past just say things and, you know, they are timely, say, but they just don't follow through. And that's not that's also losing the trust with the friendship. So you have to follow through. You have to go the extra mile and really be there for your friends. Yeah, I completely agree. Are you ready for the last one? Mm-hmm. All right. So our last one is my favorite. <laughs> and that is be be their cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Be their cheerleader, guys. The biggest cheerleader. I, I think that there's this perception of women that we all hate each other and we're all catty and we're all, you know, coming after each other's whatever. I don't right. know. But... <laughs> I think the best thing you can do do and be for any of your friends is someone who cheers them on and is in their corner every step of the way, mm-hmm. every fall, every stumble, right, every win, every loss. Cheer them on. Cheer them on. And when you do that, they will definitely return the favor because they know that you're showing up for them. So they're going to be like, wow, I need to show up for her when she's down or when she's high just shout their name from the rooftop, cheer for them. Like we shouted out in the beginning of this episode, the small businesses, we want to cheer them on so much because we want to be in their corner. They supported us. We want to support them. And it just lands on that card of like, if we lift each other up, we all rise together. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate the idea of somebody else rising or somebody else, you know, doing well somehow hurts you. I just don't believe in that. I think that we can all succeed together. 
Mm-hmm. For me, my biggest example for this, I have a dear friend who just opened a shop and we met, I don't know, about a year ago. And she was getting ready to open the store and put her on her story late at night. It was like 10 p.m. She's like, hey, anybody in uh, northwest Arkansas have a drill or know how to hang things that they could come help? And I packed Matt into the car. I said, we're <laughs> going to hang stuff. Oh, I didn't know the story. Yeah. And so we showed up at the shop with the drill and she had her opening day, I think soft opening the next day. And so we hung pictures for her and got everything set up and... It was an easy thing for us. It took us right. 45 minutes, an hour, but it was unbelievably helpful for her because she didn't have anybody to do that. And you show up, you know, and that was great and everything. But what I saw her do in the following months after we did that for her was continually show up for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that. that's when I was like, Wow. I did that because that's the person I want to be. I want to be everyone's cheerleader that I possibly can be. And that was an opportunity for me to show that. But then she took that knowledge of knowing I was in her corner and came through for me tenfold. Right. And has continued to support me and love me and be just an incredible friend. And what a great foundation. Mm -hmm, For sure. You know, we haven't known each other super long, but that built trust. That told us that, you know, there's someone there and... They're there to support you and they're going to help you through it all. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't always know how to cheer for people and know how to cheer people on um, because they think that, you know, for example, I'm a photographer and say my friend Reagan gets a job that I really wanted. I'm still going to cheer on even though I really, really wanted that because she needs that. And then when she's overloaded with work, she's going to recommend me because there is so much work out there. There's abundance of everything. There's abundance of boys. There's abundance of work. There's abundance of whatever you can imagine. Abundance of celebration, Mm -hmm. abundance of all of those things. Milestones. So you have to be their cheerleader because that's, that's really what's beautiful in life. And like, you need to cheer them on because that's the highs of their lives. And being a wedding photographer, I feel like we see this so much where we walk into a wedding and there's, I shouldn't say so much, it's happened a handful of times, but where a bridesmaid doesn't seem to be like cheering on the bride mm-hmm, is yeah. feeling, you know, like it should be me doing this. It should. Right. And I really encourage you that if you're in a season of life that you're feeling that way, to try and get out of that mindset because eventually it will be your turn. Right. Or that or something similar. And you're going to want people to be in that headspace to celebrate you. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time. And I'm not saying that you can't feel that hurt. No, yeah. Because I understand things like that can hurt. And I don't think that everything's sugar and rainbows all the time. Um, And I'm not saying suck it up either. (laughs) Um, But I am encouraging you to look at your friendships and realize in that moment your responsibility is to be a cheerleader, even though you may not feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can have the discussion later with, you know, right. friends when that celebration is over. Let them know how they're feeling. And, you know, it's not about them. It's about what you're going through. And that's OK. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the turnaround when it's your wedding day or your birthday or celebration, they're going to be there for you. Right. And that's just so important. Mm-hmm. All right. So the six things that we talked about were setting boundaries, communicating, communicating being honest, timely, 
following through and being your friend's biggest cheerleaders. Okay, but now you're probably wondering. We've listened and we understand those six things. Mm -hmm. But Joe, Caroline, what the hell do I do about my toxic friendships? Right. Because I'm doing all six of those things, but my friend isn't. Right. So I'm going to let Caroline start us off. So, yeah, I think the first thing in evaluating toxic friendships, if you've done all these six things and it's just not working, you have to check into yourself and say, first, am I toxic? Am I the toxic one? Am I not? Even though I may doing be doing all these steps, am I not giving value to the relationship to the person on the other end? Because at the end of the day, whenever it comes to relationships, the only thing you can control is yourself. Mm-hmm. So to first evaluate whether you're the one that's being toxic is the most important thing you can do. And be honest with yourself because you can't control what your friend's choosing to do, period. Right. You just can't. And wasting time and energy, feeling drained and upset over things they're choosing to to or not to do is a waste. So check in. Do you have an example of Yeah. So, um, and being toxic doesn't mean you're a horrible person. I've definitely been the toxic one. Ditto. (laughs) And so I'm young, as you guys know, and I am just starting in the business world, entrepreneur world. And I have a lot of younger friends who are the same age as me. And they're just in different life phases. You know, they're in college, they're in sororities, they're really involved in the community. And that's great. But sometimes when we meet up, They want to prove to me that they're doing all this stuff and like being just this advocate in their community. And that's great. And I want them to share their like highs with me. You want them to feel celebrated. Mm -hmm. But how I see it sometimes in some of my friendships was they don't feel comfortable because I they think I'm at this extra level than them because I'm in the work field. I have my own apartment. I make my own money, etc. And so I had to evaluate myself and a lot of friendships recently and be like, okay, I think I'm the toxic one because they don't need to be proving, proving, proving all the time to me. I just want them to be themselves. And sometimes they can't be that because that's just the life phases we're at. That makes perfect sense. I was going to use the example of in the past, I've been the toxic friend because of that same thing I talked about earlier, where I thought that I had that perspective where I was like, well, everybody's equal. Everybody sees the world the same, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would hold people to these ridiculous standards. So we've talked about our Enneagram a lot on here. I'm an Enneagram three. We eventually do want to get an Enneagram coach on here. So if you're an Enneagram coach and you're listening to this and you want to come on the podcast, please contact us. We'd love that. We would love it. Um, But so with me being a three, I'm an achiever. I am constantly doing things. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm like, all right. Let's wake up. Let's go take a long walk on the beach. Let's get this done. Let's get that done. Let's have a schedule. Mm -hmm. And I was really toxic, I think, in a lot of my friendships because I didn't realize that's not how everybody processed. So I was looking at everybody else like, what's wrong with you? Right. Like, are you depressed? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's going on? Why aren't you making your bed? Why are there dishes in your sink? Right. And I finally hit this point in my life in my, you know, early 20s where I realized, oh, Which sounds so silly now, Mm -hmm. but oh, everybody's not that way. They're not lazy and you're making them feel lazy. You're making them feel judged. You're making them feel like they can't be themselves. You are toxic. Right. And you need to reevaluate that 
you're not doing a good job of you thought you were supporting them. You thought you were following those six steps and being a good friend. But really, you know, you were making them feel less than. Mm -hmm. And so that was really hard for me. So that's the first thing I always do. I evaluate and I'm like, okay, am I the one that's being toxic in this moment? Yeah. And I really recommend if you don't know your Enneagrams already, please take that test and have your friends take it. Um, It's helped me and Joe immensely in our relationship. She's a three. I'm a seven. We've talked about it, but we know how each other operates. And so like Joe said, I don't get my feelings hurt when Joe's like, oh, we have to do this. We have to do this, 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 this. Or you, I will come at Caroline and I get really nervous about it (laughs) to the stakes. I'll be like, well, you haven't done this and you haven't done that and this and that and that. And then I get done with my sentence and my eyes will get real big. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, she's like, sorry, I operate like this. And, and it's fine. You don't have to apologize also. But yeah, I just don't operate in schedules or plans or any of that. And definitely trying to work on it. But it's just not in my personality. And so if your friendship is kind of you just don't not understanding each other really take that test and have your friend take it too. Yeah, and I think that that's why you and I could be really toxic to each other is because I feel like I could really bring you down by trying to hold you to a schedule or you could bring me down by trying to be like, no, you need to be more free flowing. Yeah, you need to be more in the chill. moment. Yeah. yeah. But I think that instead what we do because we've communicated and we've understood and we've evaluated and done all those things we're able to then use those tools to balance each other out and I think better each other. I think that I bring a little bit more schedule to Caroline. I encourage her to make her bed in the morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) and do little things that I think are game changers. And she reminds me that, hey, we just accomplished something huge. You need to slow down and take time to take it in and celebrate it before we move on to the next goal or accomplishment. So after you've evaluated whether you're the toxic friend, if you're like, no, I'm, you know, providing positive communication in their life. I'm providing this um, good relationship and their actions are what seems so toxic to me. Mm -hmm. It's time to evaluate whether it's something that's short term toxic or forever. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a lot of examples like I said, my life phase of a 20-year-old is definitely rare for a 20-year-old. And so when I moved back from Italy, I thought I was going to pick up on my new my old friends and we're just going to pick up where we left off. But little did I know that, no, they had this whole life and new friends in college and they were in that college life. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, it was just different and hit me pretty hard. But I had to evaluate and like, okay, I'm kind of being the toxic one because I want them to thrive and I want them to be so involved in their college community and do the things that that's their life. Um, So a lot of my friendships are short term toxic at the moment because I know they'll pick up hopefully eventually soon. But for now, they are that toxic because a, I would bring them down and being like, you guys need to work. You guys need to plan. What are you going to do with your life? And that stresses a college student out. And I had to learn that kind of the hard way. But now that I know that it's okay, move on. We'll pick up later. Yeah. And I think that when we say short-term toxic, I think the word toxic sounds negative. Mm-hmm. And what we really, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm the one that said it, but I think that what we're really trying to communicate is there are, everybody's on a roller coaster mm-hmm. and uh, your energy is a roller coaster. And sometimes your energies just stop meshing for a while because you're in different life phases right. and forcing it to be together. Like sometimes you need to let the roads split, grow mm-hmm. in different directions and then let yourselves grow back together long-term. Yeah, exactly. And I'm still cheering those friends on from the sidelines and they're doing the same to me, but it just isn't working. We don't have a lot in common right now. Our energies just aren't aligning and that's okay. Hopefully they will in the future. Well, and don't you feel like if you try and force whenever you're growing, when you come to a fork in the road and you're growing in different directions, if you attempt to pull somebody with you your direction, you're doing irreversible damage to that relationship. Whereas if you let yourself grow in separate directions, yes, you're going to be apart for a while, but you can come back together and be bigger and badder and better than ever. Right. Be a better duo for sure. Yeah. Um, Is it over? That point? It can be. No, no. Is it over? The podcast? No. (laughs) Is it over? Goodbye, guys. I'm so confused. <laughs> so we talked about short term, like now, like is it over? Oh, <laughs> bye, guys. Good night. We have to edit that in and leave that there. Because... <laughs> <laughs> She's not following. Wow. Okay. Sorry, team. Is it over? What Caroline means by "is it over" <laughs> is I'm stupid. <laughs> So you, what, what, I can't even, you, take it away. Okay, so if you evaluated a short term, like I have um, recently, short term toxic, short term, you know, just not vibing, you know, it's going to get back together eventually. But if it's so toxic and you just cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. And this happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. We meet people who are seemingly wonderful and then when they mix with us it gets seemingly terrible right very quickly yeah and you just do not vibe and that's okay um that's a big lesson that I've learned is you don't have to be everyone's friend they don't need to be your friend um you do need to be kind to everybody but you do not need to gift everyone with your energy Mm -mm. yeah be kind and intentional but you can only give your energy to so many people so if it's over, it's over, and you just have to wrap it with a bow and move on. Wrap it with a bow, make sure wrap it up pretty and send it off and wish it its, it's yeah. best. The thing about it is I know everybody doesn't have the opportunity to just wish it away. Sometimes your most toxic relationships are family or siblings or Your roommate like that. that you your, got thrown into. Yeah, your roommate that you're living with. And so it doesn't necessarily mean checking out on that person and being like, all right, see ya, peace. Right. And like, like just being gone toxic. from their life. <laughs> but it does mean no longer gifting that friendship with your energy. So yes, be kind to them. Yes, be present. But you don't have to pour time into maintaining something that's not gifting you that same energy back. And I think that's the really important thing is if you've gone through those six steps and you've evaluated whether you're the one being toxic and that's solvable or 
it's short-term toxic and, you know, you just need to send them on their way for a while and you're really finding that that relationship at the end of the day just is not good for you, mm-hmm. you need to learn how to walk away and confidently yeah. walk away. Right. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard and it's sad. But again, we're on that roller coaster when you tie those friendships up with a bow there's more on that roller coaster and you should be excited for those in the future. I haven't put this in this episode anywhere and it doesn't really fit, but this is my number one friendship advice. Don't talk about your friends behind their back. Oh yeah, don't do that. I don't, that hasn't really come up in here. (laughs) I think we've been kind of taking all of it on a positive spin, but I think the number one life lesson you can learn is don't talk, don't say something about somebody that you wouldn't say to their face. Yeah. And don't say mean things to people's faces. Right. I I hear that all the time where I'll be with somebody and they're talking smack about someone and they'll be like, well, I would say it to their face. And I'm like, would you? Because that didn't make me feel any better. I don't think you should say that to (laughs) their face. Yeah. I think you should swallow that and um, never bring it up again. Right. And those people that are talking behind your back, um, they're probably or they're definitely not doing those six things we said, and they don't have the tools, per se, to be timely, be honest to you, to your face, so they have to go behind your back and project, but don't do that. Just do the the steps. the best thing you can do, like, I know when you hear that, and you're thinking, you hear about somebody has said something, our first thought process is to think about, what do we need to do? How can we make it better? We're upset with that person. You know, let's talk to them. Let's do this. Sometimes the best thing you can do is give them grace mm-hmm. and just let it go. Yeah. And realize it's not about you. Yeah. Nothing anyone says is about you. Truly. No. We're just like just projecting yes. all over the place. Mm-hmm. At least I think anytime I'm upset with someone, it's me projecting right. my own problems. And once you learn that too about others, like if someone's mean to you, it's because they've had a bad day. It's because they haven't been honest and now it's exploding on you Mm -hmm. um nothing really unless you like do something bad (laughs) yeah don't you know hurt people yeah um no i was gonna say that in i don't remember why can't caroline and i (laughs) use our words i can't tell you how many clips we're gonna have to cut in this because caroline and i have gotten in these really thoughtful sentences and we're like well, how I feel. Yeah. And then there's just silence. And one of us goes, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm like, I don't got it, guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Relationships are hard. Mm-hmm. It's about finding the right people, though, I think. At the end of the day, this whole episode revolves around you got to find the people that you mesh with. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I haven't gotten to tell the marathon analogy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. This is my favorite analogy about friendship. And if you're who told me this and you're a friend that's listening to this, please tell me because I tell this story to all kinds of people because it made such an impact on me. I was really struggling with friendships in college. I had some wonderful friends, but I just didn't feel secure in myself or secure in any of my relationships. So I felt very like I was isolating myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember who told me, but somebody said, hey, just so you know, Life's like a marathon, and right now you're trying to run faster than you're capable of or slower than you're capable of, 
to try and like make it work with friends you think you're supposed to have. But you need to be treating friendships like a marathon and going into it wanting to do the best for yourself. So running at a pace that works for you and not worrying who you're surrounded by. Because if you get going at a pace that's right for you and your body and your life, you're going to get four or five miles into that marathon. And there's going to be a team of people who that pace and that run is their speed in life too. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be surrounded with like-minded people who have those same things. And so if you try to pick out those people at the beginning, you're going to hold yourself back or wear yourself out. Whereas if you just get going by yourself, all of a sudden you'll look up and you'll be surrounded by the people who are right. Yeah, I like that. I've never heard that before. Did I explain that? Yeah, no, yes. That makes total sense. I love that because after college, so I don't know how old you are listening, but for me, the worst year of my life was 23. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I think it was 23, 22 or 23. It was horrible because I felt alone. I felt isolated. I felt like all my friends were succeeding. I was following people on Instagram, but not getting to see my friends in person because it was that first out of college kind of year. And it was awful, but I was still trying to keep up with everybody else. And that's when somebody told me that. And that's when I started working out in the mornings and then I would make my breakfast at home and then I would get to work editing and then I would go into my job and I like made this new flow and schedule where I just worked on becoming the best me I could. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of joy in that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I looked up and that bad time was over and I had all these amazing friends. Right. Who I met through going to yoga and going to the gym and, you know, but I didn't go do those things to make friends. I went and did those things to better myself. Yeah. And I think this is a really, really important point Joe just brought up is if you don't know who you are or you're feeling lost, you're just you're not going to be the best friend for people. So if you're in a phase of life and it happens all the time, um, I my 18th, my 19th year was really bad for me. Uh, for the same reason, I bet. Yeah, same reason. Um, just feeling alone, feeling like, oh, should I have gone to college? Like, I don't have any of those sorority friends or those college friends, etc. But you just, I had to really do the same and check in, do my own thing, know that this is the path that I chose that I want to do. And then those friends will start popping up. But you have to check in with yourself and be the best person so you can be the best person for a friend. Mm-hmm. And always remembering that everything's temporary. Mm-hmm. That lonely feeling is temporary. Right. That's my number one thing whenever I'm going through hard stuff. It's not to say that, no, you don't need to be sad. You need to be positive. You need to be happy. No, I sit in it and I'm like, okay, I'm sad and I'm going to be sad, but I'm also going to remember that this feeling's temporary. Mm-hmm. And you can do anything for a little while. And so just becoming who you're meant to be yeah. because then you can be an incredible friend and it's not that you shouldn't have friends when you're going through feeling lost you know Mm -hmm. but if you're feeling lost and you're having that feeling of oh my friendships are all bad it may be time to do that evaluation and going oh i'm the toxic one because i'm feeling lost and i'm what's the word projecting projecting yes but I was gonna say I'm um sabotaging yes I'm sabotaging all my friendships because I'm I'm feeling feeling lost Mm -hmm. exactly yeah 
So, back again, guys. Friendships, dude. Friendships. <laughs> One more time, our top points were setting boundaries, communication, be honest, be timely, follow through, be their cheerleader, and if all those aren't working, evaluate the toxic, the not vibing evaluate with Evaluate your toxicity. What? Evaluate your toxicity. Mm-hmm. You have to I do I don't know it. if that's, did I say that? I don't even I know don't if that's know. a word. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to cheer you on, though. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, Lord. All right, friends. So it's time to uh, pull our user. User? Why do I always say user? I don't know, because you're old. No, Probably. <laughs> okay, fun fact. This is unrelated, but um, people always think I'm in my mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Every time Caroline and I are anywhere, like if we're at a wedding, people are like, guess their age. They're like, Caroline's like 19 and you're like 36. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? People do think I'm older. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. But not that much older. Like a lot of people that I knew, like not well, but starting this podcast, I'm like, I'm 20. I've gotten a lot of DMs like, you're 20? I can't tell you how many brides that she's second shot. Yes. They're like, our wedding was two years ago. She was only 18. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Kicking it. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Oh, anyway, that's funny. Okay, but our question, our listener question of the week is, can you manifest for other people? Mm-hmm. And so Caroline and I discussed this at length. Yes. I believe that you can at a certain capacity. I definitely do this. Um, I kind of manifest relationships in general and I'm like oh I want them to be in a good mood so I'm in a good mood and so it flows naturally Um, I do do that a lot but say someone's just really depressed really sad and you feel for that person and you're like I just am gonna manifest good vibes good energy I do believe that will help them to a certain extent but it's their own job to pull themselves out of their depression, their troubles, and all of that. Yeah, and to seek out the resources that will help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that you can manifest for other people because I think at the end of the day, the way the world works and everything, it's a combination of all the energy that's being put out there, whether it's by you or someone else. And yes, you're very much in control of the energy that you allow around you and the energy that you put out. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, if they're not in a place where they can put out good energy. It may not result in the exact thing that you want for them. Mm-hmm. But I do think putting out that positive vibe and manifesting good things for other people can help. Right. And that's even through the power of prayer. Um, mm-hmm. You hear that a lot. Like that's so strong. That's the same concept as manifesting. It is the same exact thing. Some people do it through prayer. Some people say, I'll help you manifest that. And I was going to say that, like, if somebody's in a situation, you know, and you're praying for peace for them and you're praying for them to be in a better place, if they're not ready to accept that prayer and Mm. accept that for themselves, uh, while I think it will surround them with good energy and good things, I don't know that it'll necessarily do what it would do for you if you yourself were praying for peace Mm -hmm. for your own life and your own. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're making sense. Yeah. I I don't know either. But how I I see it is just everyone's their own energy. 
And so you control your own energy, but the and influence good energy of people, to other people always helps. Yeah, the influence of people around you, good people, good vibes, that obviously gets you in a better mood, has a d- different spin on your day sometimes. And so I hope that answered the question. Yeah, I think our answer is yes. We believe you can manifest for other people, but not in the traditional sense of the way you would manifest for yourself. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, <laughs> I'm Caroline. And I'm Joe. And you can find me, Caroline, at Caroline Salty. And you can find me, Joe, at Joe Johnson Overby on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find Middle Ground Podcast at Middle, Middle Ground, Ground Podcast. Podcast. And thank you so, so much for tuning in and sending all the love, writing a review. Manifesting good things for you. Yes, very good things. And <laughs> oh, yeah, write us a review. If you haven't, mm-hmm. rate us on Apple Podcasts, write us a review. I think we're getting close to 500. Yeah, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's cool. So I can mean, we hit that goal, guys? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even graduate with 500 people. Oh, I did. 555. Oh, really? 555. That's a big class. Well, no wonder you're so well-rounded. <laughs> well, on that note, y'all, I hope you guys have a great day. Love you and bye. Bye. Bye.